Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're here today that I have somebody to speak to. Amen. <laughs> it's always good to have somebody to speak to. And I like it when I'm speaking to the right people. Amen. You know, we have a sure foundation and it's in Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the solid rock on which we stand. You know, we used to sing a hymn by that name years ago. On Christ the solid rock I stand. No, all other ground is sinking sand. You can count on Jesus. He is your answer. He is. No matter what it is, he's the answer. He is the truth. He is a sword that is sharp. You know, the Word says the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword to the separation of the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and even to the judging the intentions of a man or a woman's heart. He can judge your motives inside of your emotions and your thought life. He knows. He knows you better than anybody else. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. Uh, go ahead and put up that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, though, for though we walk in the flesh, we'll just hold right there. The flesh is your soul realm and your body. The soul realm is the seat of your emotions, your thought life your decision-making, and your soul is how, oh, I feel so happy today, or I'm mad today. Your soul realm is where your emotions are. Your soul realm is where you sit and you decide, well, I'm going to go downtown today. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go get gas in my car. That is your decision-maker. That's part of your soul realm, your emotions, your your decision-making, your thought life. It's the throne of your, your life, basically. So your flesh encompasses the body that says, mm, I'm getting hungry. I woke up, I wanted coffee because I like the caffeine in the morning. It makes me go ding-ding and I wake up. You know, uh, it's part of my body. My body is used to drinking coffee in the morning. Oh, I could quit drinking it if I wanted to. But why? You know, I'm in pretty good health. I'm 65. A couple of doses a day does good for an old man like me. You know? So anyway, and Sister Tara, I didn't forget you, by the way. I will pray for uh, Kevin. Her son lost his girlfriend this morning and to a heart attack. And we're going to lay hands on her believing for him. Because... He really needs a touch in his soul realm today. He needs a touch in his heart, his emotions, his thought life. Because you can sit and just ponder and ponder and ponder things until it about drives you crazy if you let it, you see. But the soul realm works with the body. So those two things are the flesh. Your spirit is not your flesh. It wars against your flesh. So you know what? Your spirit always wants to do the right thing. 
your spirit always wants to praise the Lord. You see, Stephen, he's excited. I like to watch him. He waves those flags. He loves the Lord. But, you know, if something bad happens, he has to collect himself because the soul realm will try to pull you down. But his spirit man is what's going to keep him up. See, no matter what, I'm going to praise the Lord. You remember that song, It is well, it is well with my soul. The man who wrote that had lost his family. And yet he wrote that song in the midst of a storm and trouble. It is well, it is well with my soul. You see, it's a matter of taking authority over your thought life, your attitude, your emotions. And so the spirit man, if you can lean on that spirit inside of you, which if you know Jesus, then guess who lives in you? The Holy Spirit. You see, he sent the Holy Spirit when he ascended to come, Aunt Barbara, into our hearts so that we can have strength in times of trouble. How many know trouble will come? It'll come and visit you on your doorstep if you let it. And sometimes there's nothing we can do about that except for how we react to it, see. So, for though we walk in the flesh, our body and our soul, dealing with our emotions and what our body feels, the pain maybe, we do not war according to the flesh. So your warfare is not against your body. It's not against your emotions. You know, that's all part of you. Some people are a little more emotional than others. They were raised maybe different. You know, my family, we grew up, we laughed a lot. And sometimes we cried, but, you know, we tried to hold back those emotions like that. Uh, when we'd see relatives, we would give each other a hug. I've learned to be a little more loving that way. Stephen will hug you, about break your neck off if you're not careful. Uh, but, you know, we, were, we hugged a little bit, you know, uh, when I was growing up. And then I moved to New Orleans, Louisiana. And then you go down there, and, you know, I used to have sometimes, and I got a Latin man now, that when I see him, Dr. Martinez, Chris's dad, he'll kiss me on my forehead. Now, he's not gay. He's, he's heterosexual. You know, a holy kiss. He, he'll kiss me on top of my head if I'm sitting down. Man, it just throws me off. I wasn't raised that way. You know, don't know men be kissing me, you know. <laughs> but the Latin world is different, you know. Anyway, in New Orleans, they would hug and kiss you on the cheek, hello. And if you left without getting a kiss on the cheek goodbye, you're in trouble. Now, I liked it when I was single and the good-looking women would give me a kiss on the cheek. That was nice. You know, but that, that was their culture. We don't war according to our flesh. It's spiritual. What does he say? For the weapons, everybody say weapons. You have weapons. Stephen was waving banners up here. That's part of praise. He was warring up here in praise, praising the Lord. Man, the devil didn't like that one bit. He wanted to stay far from you. I had a friend, he's on a mission field, he's Lebanese, and he is a missionary to Mexico. If 
you, you go figure that out. And he was raised in Alabama. So you had an, a Lebanese speaking L.A. language. That's lower Alabama, by the way. Speaking Alabamese, you know, and he talks like this. You know, I mean, those Southerners, they really drag the word. It's like one-syllable words become two-syllable words. I'm going to town. You know, how are you doing? You know, uh, they talk slow. Well, he was a Lebanese from Alabama, talked Alabamese, and he went to Mexico, and he learned to speak Spanish, and he would get up on the buses and say, Viva la Mexico! And everybody would pay attention. He'd say, Cristo vive! Christ lives. You know, he'd get up there and start preaching on the bus. But he is a wild man. Stephen, you'd like him. His name's Greg. And Greg would wake up in the morning, throw his legs over the side of the bed, and say, Look out, devil, I'm awake. He had an attitude about it. And so, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not, they are not physical. They're not guns. They're not fists. They're not swords or knives. They're not uh, tanks or bombs. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not carnal. But they are what? But mighty in God. Mighty. I like to say it that way. Mighty in God. For the pulling down strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? That's when somebody gets you all tied up and they got you locked up in a little room somewhere like a broom closet. Well, let's see the next verse. Casting down arguments. You know what I don't want to do with people? Is argue. You know people... Well, I think those gifts passed away with the last apostle, probably Paul. Well, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I like what Jake Holmes, his brother, used to preach for us here. He'd say, let me tell you something, just like that. Well, let me tell you something. I've been healed. I've been healed by the power of Almighty God. I was healed. I had warts all over my fingers. When I was a teenager, I was ashamed to show my hand to a girl. No wonder I was so shy. I would never hold a girl's hand because I had these warts all around my fingers. I hated them. Man, we tried everything, compound W, you name it. We even got the strong stuff from the doctor's office. And we put that on there. It just made them sore. It wouldn't get rid of them. And I, the doctor was going to have me come back and see Dr. Kwan. You know what? That scared me right there is a foreign doctor. I said, Lord, have mercy. I'm going to have to go see a foreign doctor to get these warts off my fingers. I told my mom, I said, I don't think so. I, I, I believe God's going to heal me. It really scared me. They're going to burn them off. You ever had your fingers burned? Well, they're going to do it on purpose. You know? I said, I don't want to have those burned off my hands. Anyway, I told my mom on the way home when he was gone on vacation. We went in to have it done, and I was never so happy in all my life that the doctor went on vacation. And I told my mom, we got in the elevator, is right where the 
extension of the library is today is Old Papa Bluff Hospital. And we got an ele elevator and started going down to the main floor. And I, I told her, I said, God's going to heal me. Three days later, two days later, my fingers started itching like crazy. And I started scratching them. And I started peeling off what was itching. And it peeled off like Elmer's glue. Every one of those warts peeled right off my fingers. And they were just like a baby's behind. They were so nice. So nice and soft. You know, I was completely healed of those. I've been healed of other things, too. I'm telling you, God can do it. So you know what? Nobody's going to tell me, oh, those gifts are passed away. You can't use the gift of healing as a weapon of your warfare because it doesn't happen anymore. You've got to go to the doctor. Well, I don't mind going to the doctor, but they can help verify what God does. But I, I know God healed me. So when somebody says, I, I don't think those uh, that happens anymore. Well, you're full of it. And you figure out what it is, but <laughs> it's you're not right. God still heals today. I can tell you it's true because it's happened to me. I've prayed for people and had them get healed. I've seen people healed of cancer. I've seen blinded eyes open, deaf ears open. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen one arm uncurl on the mission field that was withered up and crippled. I've seen a lot of things in my lifetime in the ministry, and nobody can convince me that weapon of healing is not for today. Amen. It's for now. Casting down arguments. Don't argue with me. You won't win. A man with an experience will never be out-argued or out-debated by a man with an argument. Man, y'all are quiet. Did I deliver that correctly? or Can you say amen or something? Amen. Oh, thank you. Give me a little encouragement. <laughs> Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing down or bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Christ is the anointing of God with the name Jesus in front of it. He walked this earth so he could identify with us, and he became the Christ, the anointed one for salvation. He took it. He was nailed to the cross. He got the lashes on his back. He got the crown of thorns on his head and a, an, and a uh, spear in his side. He bled all over his body for you and I to be saved, healed, delivered, set free. Hallelujah. You know, the, I wanted to read this, and really I want to get into another passage, and I'm going to do that right now. Go to Ephesians, that passage in Ephesians, Sister Di, if you would. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. It says, now therefore, therefore is always something that wants you to pay attention. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I'll ask you a question right now. Is anybody here not saved? 
you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. Would you like to? I'm fishing. I'm throwing out my bait. Would you like to? Come on up here right now. If you'd like to. You know? I'm going to pray with you. The other brother, if you want to come, come join us. But it has to be your own choice. That's why I can't force anybody. But when you confess, the Bible says, he quoted in his prayer that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Here, let's grip it like two guys. make. We're making a contract, see? All right. Paul wrote, if you confess with your mouth, which you just did, and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. He didn't say you got to run a race. He didn't say you got to, you know, he didn't even say you got to get baptized right away. You know, you can get baptized. I will baptize you. Uh, TJ back there, he wants me to do him in a river. I said, man, you're making it tough on this old man. I said, I'll do that, but we could do it in the swimming pool first if you want. I got one at the house, you know, and, and it's not too deep, but I, I can hold you under as long as it takes. You know, if, it, if you're a little ornery, I can hold you under longer, you know, to get the job done. <laughs> but I won't drown you, I promise. But he said, if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. So if there's no baptismal before you, you die, you're going to heaven. But he did say, go and baptize. Amen. Amen. All nations, teaching them. He wants us to baptize. So baptism is an outward sign of an inward situation. It's saying... I'm giving my life fully to Christ. This is what this message is about today. I was talking about weapons, but you can't even have those weapons until you get in the army. Amen? Amen. Everybody, anybody else want to join him? This is Chris. Anybody want to join Chris? It's Chris, right? Yeah. I want to make sure I was correct. <laughs> All right. All right. And if you're watching by Facebook Live, you can do this at home. You surely can. Everybody say this prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, come before you today, I come before you today, a sinner, a sinner and, I confess and I confess that you are Lord. I ask you to take away my sins and come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I choose you. I choose to follow you. And I will live for you by the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to the army of God, the family of God, and the church of God, and to Heartland Christian Family Church. Amen. All right, brother. Amen. I'm so glad you are bold. I like that. He came up here all by himself. You need to know it, though. See? I know that I'm saved. I know that if I died in a wreck today, I would go to heaven. My only disappointment would be is that my grandkids would grow up without their grandfather. 
I don't want that to happen. My kids have had me for quite a while, but my grandkids need me a little bit longer. And people that need to hear the message. So this is a great day. Chris, you just made my day, buddy. But see, he says we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we're fellow citizens with the saints. You're not a saint because you're so good. You're a saint because Jesus made you good. He's the one who is our righteousness. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. I don't even want to get into that, really, other than to say a woman on her menstrual cycle, that's what they call filthy rags in the original languages. So it's saying our righteousness is as bad as a woman on her period. Not the woman, but you know, the rags. It's dirty, bloody, it's messy. Our righteousness is not very good. You cannot be good enough to get saved. You have to get saved and then Jesus makes you good. He changes you. He completely redirects you and He changes your thinking. You know, my wife's not in here, but her testimony, she got saved when I was one of the youth pastors at the church in New Orleans. She was a -a pack-a-day smoker She threw them things in the trash can. She didn't want one anymore. She was a drinker. She ordered a mixed drink at a lunch, started to take a sip. She didn't even want it anymore. She put it down. She didn't smoke any marijuana anymore. She didn't do any of those things anymore because Jesus Christ got a hold of her and completely transformed her and made her a different person. And then she wanted me to take her to everything good She wanted to go to every prayer meeting. She wanted to go to every church service. She wanted to go even, I had two Christian rock bands that I managed. She wanted to go to all the practices. She wanted to go to the concerts that we did. TJ, you probably didn't know I managed Christian rock bands. Man, I had some good musicians. We did festivals, concerts at universities. I didn't sing. I wish I just got up there and acted like it. I would look cool. And no, I got up and I preached after they were done singing and would lead people to Christ. But you see, we're not foreigners. We're saints saved by grace. Members of the household of God. We have a family. That's why family is in our church name. There's only like two churches, I think, in this whole town that have the name family in it. Family Worship Center down on 53 and Heartland Christian Family Church. Anyway, do we have any more scripture there? Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Man, we've had prophets since the Old Testament all the way through the New and apostles, and we have people prophesying still to this day. Guess what? Prophesying has not stopped. Prophesying is a divinely inspired language to speak God's heart. Amen? In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
we grow into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Amen. You know, I'm so glad TJ and Talia are here with their two little boys. I met him. He works for Robert's Pest Control. I've highlighted you a couple of times. But you know what? He is a musician. He plays the guitar. He plays the drums. And when Zach gets back, they're going to get together. We're going to get him going. See? He's been patient. He's been coming to church about four or five weeks now, getting used to us. Because, you know, we're, we're pretty normal. We're not too crazy. I mean, if I break out and run around the building, you all probably have a heart attack. And I might have one. <laughs> no, I remember one time I got excited, Chris, and I started high-stepping it. I pulled a hamstring. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, that wasn't of you. I was doing that in the flesh. But if it's in the spirit, I'll tell you what. It hit me one day. I was preaching on Jericho and the children of Israel going around the walls. And I went around the seventh time. This is down in Florida. There's all kinds of people there. And I said, now everybody shout. When they shouted, the Holy Ghost hit me. I was about 34 years old. And Randy, it hit me, and I started, my eyes were closed. I don't know what I was doing, but I was excited. Man, I was gyrating around. And all of a sudden, I come to myself, and I was right there. I said, I knew that was in the Holy Spirit because I didn't knock myself out running into the wall. It's great when it's the Lord. Sometimes you just got to go, Woohoo! You're excited. You can't help yourself. You got to let it out. But you see, He's fitting us together. He's not going to make me a lead guitar player because I can only play about four chords. He's not going to make me the drummer, although I used to have a drum set. What I did, I think, is I passed it all on to the next generation. So I'm not going to do certain things. But I can talk to people, and I can pray for people. And there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that operate through me that I can't do other things. God will use you with your weapons. Some are infantry, some are pilots, some are tank operators. We all have different parts in the body of Christ that we're to take hold of. And He is our foundation. Now, let's go to another scripture. I don't have too many scriptures. I seem to be getting somewhere here with somebody. I think this side might be listening a little better. I'm not sure. I think y'all need to start listening better on this side. But in 1 Peter, there it is on the screen, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babies. Newborn babies don't have any of that stuff. They hadn't learned it yet. Well, you know what? You lay that stuff aside. You know, I was in the fourth grade. Brother Eugene, I'm older than you. 
<laughs> he said, yes, you are. <laughs> and in the fourth grade, we had the Civil Rights Movement. And then Poplar Bluff, they integrated the public schools where black children and white children could go to school together. And you know what now? in Poplar Bluff, how many Mexican restaurants do we have? We got like 10 or 12 Mexican restaurants. We got Spanish kids. We got Oriental kids. We got all kinds now. It isn't just black or white, see? But they integrated the school. And back then, David Webb and Wardell Webb were two of my buddies. And we played basketball on the playground together every day. We loved it. We played all the way up through high school together. Now the shorter, younger brother has gotten taller, and now he's a bishop named Ronnie Webb. And he's a good friend of mine. We preach for each other at times. He came to Florida and preached for me down there. I came up and preached revivals here and prophesied their building outside of town out of Isaiah 62 on one of my trips. Anyway, I'm not taking credit. They built the building, raised the money. All I did was say what God said. Well, you see, things were changed, and they've been changing. Zach's in Rwanda where it was black people against black people because they were of different tribes. And one tribe didn't want the other one to exist. So they did what they called genocide. And they tried to wipe that tribe off the face of the earth. And 800,000 to a million people were killed in the 1990s. We're not talking about in the 1500s or at the turn of the millennial after Jesus was raised from the dead. We're talking about recently. The world is full of war. It's full of hatred. It's full of prejudice. It's full of malice, hatred, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. But newborn babies, see, he said lay it aside just like a newborn baby. A newborn baby has no malice or no hatred. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire the Word of God so that you can grow up and mature and understand, hey, God is real. He's a supreme being. He created this universe. If there was a big bang, it was when God spoke. You can't let Him move His foot too much in the heavens that are thunder and lightning everywhere. Go on. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Men rejected Jesus. Why? Because he was a threat to their agenda. He was a threat to their way of doing things. He was a threat to the Jewish legal system because he was perfect. He didn't worry about it. They, they wanted to throw him in jail for healing a man on Sabbath. And their Sabbath started Friday night till Saturday night. Ours 
starts on Sunday because that's when we practice it. And a lot of us believe that's because that was the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. So we celebrate Christianity because Jesus Christ is Lord. But I, I believe every day can be a Sabbath. Every day can be a day you worship God. See, But he goes on, he says, You are as living stones being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We don't have to sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats and sheep any longer. You don't have to sacrifice the blood of a dove. You don't have to sacrifice animals because Jesus once and for all died on the cross and sacrificed himself so that his blood was shed so that we can be redeemed from our sins. He was the one that's like us. I'm not a goat. I'm not a bull. I'm not a lamb that they can be the one that really sets it for me. No, Jesus stood in my, my way. He stood to take my place. He, he took your place so that you are forgiven. Amen? Did I read that whole thing? Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion. Now hold that Scripture right there. Zion... Everything in the Bible, you can look at it at least three ways. In the Old Testament, you look at it for history's sake. You look at it as pointing to Jesus when he came. And then after Jesus, Carrie, he died and went to heaven. Now we look at it in the future tense. So Zion was a mountain where David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to, and they worshiped freely because he was anointed as a prophet, a priest, and a king, all three. He was the only one that was like Jesus, only David had sin. So Jesus was the one without sin. But David was able to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. They carried it and put it into the tabernacle on Mount Zion, and he danced and he went crazy with it. I mean, he took off his outer robes, he was dancing, and he's, today we would call it our white t-shirts. He was dancing around freely, openly, not being anything or anybody, and the people worshipped, and God received the worship. That was Zion, Mount Zion. Then we have Mount Zion, that was there during the time of Jesus. Only there was a temple up on top of the, the mountain. There was three mountains. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to get lost here if I'm not careful and go too deep that way. But Pastor Ken could tell you, it's, it's like it was the name of God on those three mountains. And one was where the Temple Mount was, one was Mount Zion, one was the Mount of Olives. Am I right, Pastor Ken? The valleys. He said, it's more the valleys in between the mountains, but it, it's like something like that. It's called the Shin. It's a symbol in the Hebrew that means the name of God. God's name was on those mount, those valleys. 
And so you see Mount Zion now reflects the modern day church, how it's supposed to be. That's why when we see banners being waved and people dancing when it gets happy, when you shout and you raise your hands and you clap and, and you glorify God and shout hallelujah or amen when there's preaching going on, you know, there is something happening in the atmosphere when that happens. But that reflects Zion. The, the church today is a modern Zion. So he says, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. You see, if you believe in Jesus Christ, he is the chief cornerstone of Mount Zion, the church. He is what we believe. Chief, chief cornerstone, it's the stone that keeps two walls together. And guess what he did? He tied the wall of religion and the law to the wall of grace and mercy. And he brought them together. He is the one that was in the in-between place that allowed us to be able to understand the law tells us we're sinners and Jesus tells us we're saints. He joined us to freedom and life. That's our warfare, see? The blood of Jesus. And then, what's the next one? Verse 8. That is? Oh, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who disobedient are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. You see, Jesus, they didn't like him. He was going to steal their thunder. He was going to take away their power. It's like my little mother-in-law who's 99, going to be 100 in March. When she was 60 years old, she came to the Assembly of God Church where I was one of the pastors, and she gave her life to Jesus. And she said, I don't know, I, she was not a good Catholic. She said, I don't know why you got to go into a little box and confess to a man. Chris didn't have to go in a box hiding himself in shame. Man, I just asked the question. He come on up. We said it together right here. No shame. There's no shame when you're in Christ. He is the chief cornerstone, Jeffrey. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. People get offended if you're too happy, Stephen. They don't like it. They got to be miserable, so they misery loves company. So when you get around them, you're going to mess them up, brother. Mess a few more up, would you? <laughs> we got to mess this world up with some joy and peace and freedom and love and power and healing and deliverance. We got to mess this world up, hallelujah. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were appointed see god's given us the word so that we can live so that we can be free we can be happy because i know where i'm going you want to threaten me you want to hold a gun on me try to hold me up well go ahead i'm going to heaven you're going to jail you know
It's funny. I was talking about my mother-in-law. She was with another little old lady in her 80s. And they went to the store and bought a TV for her friend. And they're two little ladies. My mother-in-law not more than four foot nine. And they put that TV on the cart on wheels. It's kind of like pushing the, <laughs> you know, the Ark of the Covenant in. And the guy got struck by God because he stumbled and tried to catch it. Well, her and that other little old lady were pushing that TV up to the front door. I'm take it in. And this man jumped from behind the bushes. And he pulled out the gun, Eugene, and he said, Give me your money. My mother-in-law stepped up. The other lady ran for the door and left her there. You know what she did, Terry? She said, in the name of Jesus, you should be ashamed of yourself trying to rob two old ladies. said, what would your mother and your grandmother think about this? And you know that guy? She said he looked over above her head like he saw somebody really big. And then he turned around and ran. I think he saw an angel. And he left her there with the TV. She was yelling at her friend, come back out here, we got to get this TV in the house. Amen. <laughs> but you see, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You might not have been anybody before, but when you come to know Jesus, you were elected to the house of Christ. You are royalty. His own special people. And that's not talking about special Olympics. It's talking about you're special because Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That you may proclaim a holy nation. You may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and to his marvelous light, and, what's 10? Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. How many know that you're saved? Say amen. amen. All right. And you know what? It's a great thing to be saved. Now, I brought this little book out. I didn't know if I'd use it or not. And I'm not going to read out of it because the print's so small. It'll take me forever. But this is called Lucifer's Illusion. Pyramids, Crystals, and the New Age Mirage. It's cool because I read in there about this place. It was three blocks from my church in Florida. You remember that place, Pastor Ken? Yeah. It was an unusual place. Well, I'll just tell you this. I'm not, I was tempted to read a couple things, but I won't. It was called the Coral Castle. It was made out of coral rock. I couldn't even dig a hole in my backyard to put the swing set in cement because the coral, you can dig down that far in South Florida and you hit coral. 
And you got to have an auger that's pretty powerful to dig a hole. Hank and I had a pick and axes and shovels. We dug about a three-inch hole beneath the surface of the soil. You're talking about Hank Bowes. You know, he's about 300 pounds of muscle. We could not dig a hole. We just had to pour a little dab of concrete down in there and glob it around the swing set, try to keep it from, you know, tumping over. So anyway, the Coral Castle was not far from our church. In fact, it was between our bank and the church. You just crossed the highway and you had to go by the Coral Castle. We'd had all these items, I'm talking about that are like 30 tons, Sister Sue, different blocks that were put. This man weighed 100 pounds, and he had designed this thing in honor of his late wife. And he actually built it out in the boonies, Redlands or somewhere. And he moved it, but nobody saw him move it. They said he moved it at night. It got put on these trailers, heavy trailers, different parts, and they transported over to that little triangle of an area where they put the Coral Castle. They put it, I mean, it, it was like a seven-ton door. You could open it with one finger. It swiveled on these iron rods. It was perfection. You couldn't get a razor blade between the stones. They were so perfectly aligned within one two thousandth of an inch. And they said he had unlocked the keys to levitation. And he levitated the stones onto the trailer. And then they took them over and he levitated them off. You know that a bulldozer could not even a the most powerful backhoe could not even pick that up, those rocks. Well, how do you think they did in ancient Egypt? I've been to Cairo. I've seen the Great Pyramids. I've seen the Sphinx. I've walked right up to it. I went down inside the Great Pyramid, the biggest one, one of the seven wonders of the world. I went all the way down under into the tomb as a tourist. I got out of there pretty quick, too. That place was spooky. Those things, the rocks, they were, you know, I can't even tell you how many tons, but is more than any machinery could actually move. And yet, they were perfectly aligned. I mean, the same thing. One two thousandths of an inch, and they were perfect in their alignment. Now, I'm going to ask you, do you think the devil has power? He has power to move 30-ton blocks into place. And the, the Coral Castle had all these symbols, you know. I mean, it's amazing what all was done there. But it was done not by the power of God. So there are things in this world. And I've done deliverances over people that you would not want to see those demonic manifestations. I've had demonic people try to attack me. And it was only by the name of Jesus Christ that I stopped them from hurting me. 
You know, I saw a man's hair stand straight up one time right here in Poplar Bluff in a farmhouse praying over him, and his lips went like a pig's snout. And his face like changed. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I wasn't quite ready for that one. I was a young minister in my 20s. I looked at my friend. I said, brother, we better fast and pray for three days. We'll come back. And you know what? Three days later, the guy got delivered. The power of Satan is great. It's very powerful. So don't be playing around with it. Don't play around with him. He's real. Don't let him entice you into some of the witchery and the, the stuff, the divination, because it will get a hold of you and it will destroy you. He doesn't just want to steal from you or kill you. He wants to destroy you completely. But you know what? The power of God is greater. The power of God is far greater. You don't have to fear. Paul told Timothy, For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. We have the power of God. Now, where are you? Are you truly serving God? Are you walking with God? You can choose. You know, there are some people that are like this. Tell me your first name again. Jimmy, some are like this. There's the line. Oh, you know what? I love going to church. Pastor Kevin, he's so funny. Zach's so talented. Oh, we just enjoy being over there. The people are so friendly. Stephen will give you a hug. You know? Sister Lois will give you a hug. She's a love bug. But you know what? On Friday night, I'm done working. But now, I'm, I'm going to slide over and lean this way. Yeah, it's not going to hurt me to drink a few beers. Oh, maybe it's not going to be just a few. It might end up being a 12-pack or a case. Or it might be smoking some... Oh, you know, marijuana's legal now. Do you know it will still hurt your lungs if you smoke it? Worse than cigarettes. Oh, my. Yeah, but it's legal, Pastor Kim. Well, a lot of stuff's legal, but it's not good for you. See, they straddle the line. Do you think the weapons of his warfare are available to you if you're not tuned in, you're over here messing with this stuff, and then the devil jumps out at you? <laughs> if you were asleep, you're now awake. But... He jumps out at you, and he's ready to take you. And now you say, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. But it's not like, in the name of Jesus. No, you're like, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do? How many people use God's name in vain? That's what vain is, vanity. You think Jesus is just going to be your buddy because you said a prayer when you were six years old? Oh, that means something. But then you got your foot over here, and this foot's over here. And it's saying, no, we need to know that we know that we know that we know that we're with Jesus Christ. And we're operating with Jesus Christ. Where's Sean? Come on up here to the keyboard. Wow. Is it 12 o'clock? Two minutes till. I can't believe I got an inner clock that said they're getting hungry. 
Don't press your luck. <laughs> no, but you know what? God wants you. They got that Uncle Sam that's got the top hat and his finger pointing at you. says, Uncle Sam wants you. Well, God wants you more. Why does he want you? Because he loves you. And he wants you to be in the army with us. He wants you to be on the team with us. He wants you to be a part of our family. He wants you to be successful and overcoming and free. Put that song up there, Philip, on the screen, or die on the screen, whoever's back there. I just really felt because people are getting killed lately, accidents, things are going crazy in this world. But you know what? God loves you and he doesn't want you to be caught up in the mania of it all. This is a wonderful song. Sing this with us. And I tell you what, if you want prayer, you can step down and stand right here if you'd like for me to pray for you. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I If you want to be able to stand in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the battle, the enemy would like to take you down. But you know what? God is with you. Hallelujah. Touch them today, Lord. Fill them up with your Holy Spirit to overflow. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Yes, Lord. We pray for Kevin right now. Tara's standing in for her son. We believe that you're going to keep your hand upon him and do a great thing in Jesus Christ's name, in his life. Keep them safe, Lord. Hallelujah. Touch Caden today, Lord. Yes, just give it all to Jesus today. He's everything that we need. He is what we need today. We just cry out to you, Lord. That's right. Just let it come out of your heart, hon. Just let it come out of your heart. Just be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Touch Talia, Lord. Just fill her up with that zeal and that joy of the Holy Ghost, I pray. Hallelujah. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, touch Carrie today, Lord. Yes, you've got your hand on her, her family, on Kevin, Lord. All of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Touch Stephen and his family, Lord. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Jimmy, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Touch Fran and her family today. 
Yes, Lord. We give it all to you today, Lord. We give it all to you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Touch Lois and her kids and grandkids, Lord. All of them, Lord. You said we wouldn't lose any. You said We said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That means all of them. We call them all into the kingdom of God. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, just stay in here and just keep letting his presence touch you. Anybody else want to step up here and I'll pray for you. And don't let the devil rob you today. If you need a healing, step out. I'll anoint you with oil. The word of God will heal you. Yes, he'll take away all the, the infirmities off of you in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Touch TJ, Lord. Whatever it is he needs, God, touch him. You are the healer. By your stripes we were healed. You are our deliverer. You are, you are the one who stabilizes us, oh God. Touch him and fill him up with your power, your love, oh God. In Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, sing a second verse. Hallelujah. Jesus, I surrender all to him. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Nobody's back there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Touch Philip, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Touch his body, Lord. By your stripes, he is healed. Amen. Body, soul, and spirit. Yes. Sing it out. Oh, oh, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me today. Oh, we give you praise and honor and glory. We worship you, God. We lift you up on high, oh God. Yes, let us walk out of this place today filled with hope and rejoicing in the Lord as our strength. For you are awesome, God. You are great, God. Hallelujah. Yes, we proclaim you as King of kings and Lord of lords. You are Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing this one more time. You can go back to the first verse, Philip, be all right. All to Jesus I surrender all to him I Lift a hand to heaven, would you? They're all, oh, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I'll announce next Sunday maybe when we can do a baptism for those that want to be baptized. How many will need to be baptized? TJ, you want to? Chris? Back? That's Randy? And Jimmy? You need to be baptized? Yeah? Okay. You know what? It's an awesome thing. Something special happens on the inside when you do that. God comes just flooding in and out. And you know something happens. Glory. Well, you know what? You are the head and not the tail. You are the blessed and not the cursed. You are the redeemed of the Lord, and you can say so. So as you leave here today, know who you are, that you can share the Word of God, and they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.